in the March when we locked the gates for the college, it was a Friday, we closed the gates and I know all the staff were saying that I've got to go to Tesco's, we'd run out of um, toilet rolls, we're out off the shelves and certain things were, were starting, people were panic buying. I remember saying to my husband, I'm going to go to home base. And he said, why, why are you going to home base? And I said, because if we're going to be stuck for two weeks together in a house, I'm going to decorate my house. So, <laughs> so where everybody was going in one direction, I went to home base and bought a load of paint. I bought um, wallpaper and I bought some stuff for the garden and I was going to change, <laughs> change my house. I got home, got quite excited by the fact that I was going to be um, stuck inside for two weeks with nothing to do because I'm a typical person, ask a busy person to to help and, and I'm that sort of person and I just want to say the paint is still in the garage and the uh, wallpaper is still under the stairs and the house is exactly the same as it was two two and a bit years ago welcome to rebel women I'm Esther Freeman Usually I would tell you that this is a podcast about troublemakers, but Tracy Rogers' background was in the Scouts. In spring 2020, she was working at Leighton Sixth Form College, and while that decorating never got done, she would go on to do something far more extraordinary. can tell by the accent oh well you should be able to I'm from um, Newcastle originally born in Newcastle and left for London in, in, when I was 20 while well, I came down to work for the Scout Association. Tracy got a job at the Scout headquarters at Gilwell Park in Chingford East London. The move marked her out as a little different from the rest of her family. I was a guide and a scout and loved that sort of aspect of going out and doing adventures and 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 I was a guide leader and I was a scout leader so I was the first in the family as such, to the point where I used to do more volunteering than find and work at the time. Um, my parents, my mum always said, scouting's never going to give you a job. And it did. It, it, it sort of well, changed my life, really. And it's made me who I am today. So I started as a, gu- as a guide. And um, when I was 18, I, I became a, a guide leader. At 19, I started doing county level work and then went across to Scouts and worked for the Scouts in Newcastle, trying to encourage more young people and deprived areas such as Biker. I I don't know if you know Biker Grove, it's a deprived area in Newcastle. And so I've always liked the idea of helping young people uh, develop as much as they can. And the best way for that in, in many ways is through volunteering. I moved down to London and then when I moved, Gilwell and worked for the Scout Association at Gilwell. I started working, so it was national. Um, I did a lot international. I've done a lot of international camps. So all levels, right up to world level. In March 2020, when lockdown struck, Tracy was working at Leighton Sixth Form College. She remembers it as a tense time. It was scary. 
I mean, there was no doubt about it. I, I remember we all came home. Um, my my daughter, you know, was at university on our master's and came home doing psychology. And her boyfriend turned up. He he's he's a doctor now. And the four of us ended up trying to rebuild a, a, your life. I got the short straw and I got downstairs in the front room. But I, I looked out onto a, um, a path, an alleyway, really, where people walked. And I would sit in the, looking out at the window where my computer was trying to work and then see friends walking past and sort of waving and waving back, apprehensive about, you know, what was happening. Yeah, it was scary, scary times. It was almost like having a, like a murderer in the street and not knowing where they are, so scared to go out in case you come across them, but not knowing who they were or where they were. It wasn't long before Tracy put her fears aside, as she could see there was important work to do. My dad was in Newcastle at the time and um, on his own. I had lost, just lost my mum. Trying to get food to him was an absolute nightmare. Uh, nobody would deliver. We couldn't get a slot. You were trying to rely on external family or, or neighbours to try and get him food. And even they were scared as well. So, And then quite quickly, I couldn't do the job that I was normally doing because I, my, my job was, well, my job was community, but also outdoor pursuits. I quite quickly moved to working in, on the community aspect of it that I had been working with in the borough were starting to come to me saying, uh, we've got the possibility of X number of pints of milk. Do you know anywhere where you could store it? You know, so sort of fell into this group that ended up trying to support the borough in finding food that was just going to waste. So McDonald's had closed, you know, they had all this food mm-hmm. that was going to get wasted. How could we use it and for the benefit of others? That's how it started. Despite all her community connections and energy, Tracy was not necessarily the best choice for this role. I've only got 70% lung capacity. So on top of everything else, it was quite scary. If, if I did get it, you know, would I survive it? And... Um, we had an issue in the borough where all the food banks were mainly in the south. There was one in the north, but it was across in, in the Chingford. I know you don't know the area, but it was quite a way away on the west side. Um, so there was nothing in the area that I lived in. And I remember vividly the call that came in from one of the borough staff, the networkers, saying, mm. is there any chance you know anywhere where we can start up a hub just to transport food from the south and because I was a scout and heavily involved in the church locally I had the connections and said you know yeah I'm sure we can do this we can open something at the time my family were going no you're not going to do that you know you, you can't do that we need to stay in we need to stay safe so there was a big dilemma in the family about whether we do this or or whether we actually just stay safe
As Tracy watched people walking past her window and thought about all the NHS workers, she couldn't sit by and do nothing. Eventually, she convinced her family to let her help out. They secured use of a scout hut and set up the Hyams Park Food Aid Hub. It started where I said it would just be our family, and that, that was the only reason my family agreed that I could do this. So um, there was four of us would go into a hut and prep all the food and realised quite quickly that we needed somebody to deliver the food. And the only reason it was selfishness, really, because we didn't want other people inside the building that we were in. We decided if we got so many of the public coming in to get the food, that was putting our own family as well as others at risk. So the the borough had already set up, and I think a lot of places had set up these volunteers, COVID volunteers in the area to go out and get food and prescriptions and everything for people who were stuck indoors and it made sense not to reinvent the wheel so the local volunteer group and said look if we set all the food and we get all the packages and stuff like that would you deliver or could you do the side of the volunteers deliver and then that's what happened so there was the COVID volunteers delivered and then we had what we now know as the um, Himes Park Food Aid preparing all the food delivery drivers to come in and pick up and and also we didn't realize at the time it was such a benefit because it meant that those that we were delivering to whether it be because they were had cancer and they couldn't get out whether it was because they were elderly and their carers had stopped coming because that was happening as well where they were frightened or whether it was people that had lost their jobs and just couldn't afford to buy the food nobody knew they were getting this they didn't have to queue it wasn't a food hub like you would know a food bank. We would supply all the food into bags and then three times a week, our volunteers would come in, pick up the bag and take it to that person. It wasn't long before the operation became more than her family could manage. And it, it didn't take too long to realise that as a family of four, we couldn't sustain. <laughs> so um, we ended up with inside packers we ended up with externals because at the time you know it was as I said it was scary we didn't know it, how, how you passed it on so we washed every single item that came in people out at the front of the scouts hall and they would wash the items and if the items were tinned or anything like that they would go into quarantine for three days and we would have rooms where they went in and then we would have labels to say that they'd been there for three days so they could come out now and you could use them I mean, it was just an incredible task. They opened three days a week, providing enough food to last families seven days. It wasn't long before they were branching out into hot meals. Soon, they were serving up to 250 families. We got to the point where we, um, it was very clear that we had some that couldn't cook. So we, had, we employed a chef. I had a friend who was Zoe's childminder. And of course, she wasn't able to, to work. And... I had said to, you know, what we were doing. She says, look, if I can help in any way, let us know. And I said, you don't fancy cooking some food, do you, for those that can't cook? She went, yeah, I can do that for you. Her and her husband started cooking the food, bearing in mind she was cooking seven meals a day for 150 people. At Christmas, it became a lot more than just groceries. Every Christmas, we, we made a, a decision to do a Christmas hamper finding presents for the children as well because 
podcast about food, the, the people that we were supporting just had no hope either. So we got £20 gift vouchers. And, and, but what we also did with those gift vouchers is there were gift vouchers for the local shops, put the money back into the local economy. Vouchers for our bookshop, or it was for the Grace and Albert, which is a, a small business. You know, we were trying to, to help the businesses as well. And it was very humbling taking stuff around to them and, you know, and handing them a, a full turkey and all the trimmings and, and all the presents really as well. The volunteer team grew to over 90 people. As well as the packers and delivery drivers, they had marketing people, web developers and a whole management committee. Tracy's huge contribution to ensure people were fed during the pandemic has not gone unrecognised. In January 2020, she received a British Empire Medal in the Queen's New Year's Honours list. The hub's more than just me, more than just my family, very much so. And in fact, it's embarrassing sometimes when I get recognised. For every one person that gets these awards, and, and they're, they're, you know, they're, I'm not saying they're wrong to give out awards. It's, it's good and it, it recognises you know, the, the hub enormously and we're able to jump on the back of it. But for every one person that gets an award, there is a, there's about a hundred behind that person doing what, you know, makes it work. This community support means the hub is still running today. It no longer does deliveries, but operates more like a traditional food bank with people coming in to collect the food they need. So we, we moved from what we had been to do in this the delivery service three times a week to more traditional food bank of them coming in and picking the food that they wanted. Yeah, that, that was that was an important one. Because my my argument is that it's all right providing food, but we need to help them get out of that poverty or or that that cycle. So um, we don't just want to put a plaster on it. We want to actually make a difference. We got some volunteers that are experienced. We've got one particular volunteer, Debs, who is a social worker who has retired. Every person that comes to our food bank now meets Debs, goes through how we can help them, whether they're getting enough grants, whether they're getting the right grants, whether, you know, we can help them in other ways. They have helped food bank users in other ways too. And even now, even, uh, you know, some of our professionals that have lost jobs are picking food from the food bank, very embarrassed by it. And they feel very, you know, it's taken them a lot to walk through that door just to ask for help are now volunteering as well. So, you know, I often say to them, come and, come and help on a Tuesday uh, or, or a Thursday if you're picking up food, just pick it up as, as you finish volunteering. And that makes them feel like they're giving something back as well as taking since returning to work, Tracy has stepped back from her role with the hub. I would say a year ago, we couldn't. We couldn't have walked away. And, and I felt very tired when I went back to work. You know, I just know how to work and do the food bank. If we stopped, it would just stop. The food bank would stop. And, and there was the need for it. So I, I felt angry that I couldn't get out of it. You know, we'd started this monster. <laughs> it was like being on a train and we didn't know who the driver was but we didn't we didn't know where we were going and we didn't know how to get off it whereas um I think now um that train is very 
secure um, and has loads of different drivers and it, it doesn't stop. It doesn't need to stop. And you, do, you can get off and you can get back on and, and it would be fine. But as far as the future is concerned, the reason we called it the hub was because we wanted to be the hub of Himes Park. We wanted to develop and be what anybody wants it to be. So if somebody came in and said, I, I want to do a, um, a mothers and toddlers and, and bring it into the hub, it would be right, go ahead and do it. So it's not owned by anybody. I mean, we've got ideas that we want to do. We, we, we On a Wednesday, we have a um, coffee morning um, where people who are lonely can come and chat and it's all free. Everything's free. And there is a knitting club started and there's the mothers and toddlers are starting to turn up, you know, so we want it to be whatever the community wants it to be. Debs wants to do more with the elderly, you know, and run some sessions with the elderly. And I'm very much the youth. So I would like to see youth clubs and, and things like that going on. The pandemic, just for all it was dreadful and you would never want to live through it again it brought people together in so many ways and gave them opportunities that they would never have you know and and some people have changed their their jobs their, what they want to do what they see the future because of volunteering and helping their community you would never in a million years thought Himes Park was as strong as it was it's, it's made us a better community after thousands of meals and bags of groceries, Tracy still remembers the first person they helped. She was a 92-year-old woman, and her husband had been taken into care a month beforehand. She hadn't spoken to him, she couldn't visit him, she was all on her own. And then he died. For ten days she barely ate. She had hardly anything in the in her kitchen. That night she said, I, I took out the Bible, I'm not a Christian, but I did have a Bible and you know, please God help. Next day we were on the doorstep. So we give her two bags of food and had a chat with her from a distance. And she said, you're angels. And my husband laughingly said, if you knew her, you wouldn't call her an angel anyways. If you are listening to this podcast between the 20th of June and 16th of July 2023, head over to the Mill in Walthamstow to see our exhibition, Beyond Medicine, A Social History of Women and Pandemics. To our listeners from the future, you'll be able to visit the exhibition online at beyondmedicine.org.uk. You can also watch our short film on YouTube. There are links for both in the show notes. Join us next time for more stories of lockdown legends. Lockdown legends.